0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Link to the Past Part 2 and Link to the Past Part 2 Part 2. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? Feeling great. Yeah, feeling great. I feel, um, I'm starting to feel a little tired. I traveled this weekend, Mm -hmm. as I mentioned on, on Tuesday. Um, and I can hear it in my voice. I feel like my voice is deeper. Uh, and I think this will be a relic, like, of this. When I listen back to this on Thursday, I'll be like, wow, my voice sounded different. Four days ago, right? Because
1: normally you sound like a mouse. I'm
0: not. Yes, I normally sound like Mickey Mouse. I would attempt to make that, uh, but you uh, can't. I can't. This is what it sounds like. It's
1: not happening. Gee,
0: Minnie, am I doing it? <laughs> yeah. Am I doing it? Does it sound like I'm doing it? No, it doesn't. It no, doesn't. Oh, well, that's a problem. <laughs> we are uh, going to get into our conversation about uh, *Link's Awakening* and a link between worlds, but before we do that, we've got just a couple things that we need your help on, and this is. Sad to say the last time we're going to ask for your help on this specific topic. We need to know who the best Zelda NPC is. And we need to know right quick. We need to know right now. So if you don't get an email to us by Monday, and I don't care when you're listening to this, if it's not if it's past Monday, you've messed you're up. You're too late. You've messed up. Um we uh are going to be de- we're going to be determining who the best NPC is in all of all the Zelda games and without your help mark and i are going to make dumb choices we are going to make bad choices we're going to say that guy on the bridge oh and who even knows what that means no but we would say it. that we, sounds like us yeah so and then you have to live with that decision um you know your actions and inactions have consequence so you should email your favorites to nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and while you're doing that uh maybe you want to try to borrow my copy of sonic forces just do it uh, yeah so just send your mailing address I, my voice got a little squeaky there, right? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like it. Uh, um, your mailing address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. You can
1: throw it all in the same email.
0: No, don't confuse me like that.
1: <laughs> Send, do, do whatever, whatever you, you want. Two separate emails. Mark here like doesn't touch the. Email I don't account. touch the emails. Right, Just make go them, for it. Make them two separate Chaos emails. Chaos theory. Look, I've you, been reading Jurassic no, Park. No, 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 no,
0: no. You've been reading Jurassic Park. How's that going for you?
1: I'm actually going to read The Lost World, because I got have that one really? before. Yeah, uh, I put both on hold of the library, and people are like, I don't want to read The Lost World, so zipping through that real fast. Yeah. Um, the Lost World book
0: is pretty good. Uh, if oh, I yeah, I like correctly. I like it a lot.
1: I'm only, like, uh, maybe a
0: third of the way in. Um, I have not read Michael Crichton in 20 years. Does he hold up? Uh... Because he, he had some like... Depends on the book. L- sure. He had some like late in life, uh, r- like weird denials of like climate change and like some other stuff, right? Uh, right. And like... He turned out to be a weirdo, which maybe we should have been able to see <laughs> coming down the road. Uh, a, a lot of his books are still fun. Okay, great. Uh, yeah. And look, that's all we actually want from Jurassic Park anyway is like, it's got dinosaurs in it. It'd be fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, I haven't read Jurassic Park yet for a long time, you know, so maybe that one's no good. But Lost World seems fine so far. Um, excellent. Speaking of
0: sequels, we are now going to begin our conversation about the two sequels to A Link to the Past, Link's Awakening and A Link Between Worlds. Let's get into it. Now, Link's Awakening, uh maybe the most uh, like uh, they're both pretty obvious sequels to this game, right? Um or to A Link to the Past. Uh, but Link's Awakening was the one that came immediately after it. Um, and both of these games were in some incarnation pitched as just remakes of A Link to the Past on their spe- on their particular platforms. Um, but then Link's Awakening, uh, you know, went through like a weird, uh, sort of metamorphosis and became something much stranger, um, so, Mark, you've been playing this game? That's right.
1: I've actually been playing the DX version of it. So yeah. the one that came out for Game Boy Color has like some added content. Yeah. Uh and it it's got like a, an extra dungeon. It well, has an extra dungeon, has like uh you can connect it to your Game Boy camera to Perfect print it. Yeah. Cuz <laughs> so, you can you
0: can like take pictures with people?
1: Uh yeah, so like there's like it's a Photoshop. A, right, there's right. like a Photoshop and then at dep- uh, certain areas in the game like You'll get a little cutscene where the photographer comes over and like takes a photo of you. Yeah. And then if you had connected your Game Boy camera printer to the game, you'd be able to like print out those uh, pictures. So sadly, this functionality is lost to the ages, right? The printout functionality. Yeah. Yeah. Did uh, you ever have a Game Boy camera
0: or Game Boy camera printer? No, I, n-
1: I never had either one.
0: I had the camera, um, but never the printer. So like, there were just a bunch of. Photos saved on this like weird green camera that would occasionally stick out of my game. Boy. My
1: friend had one, so I definitely like remember playing with the filters and stuff. Man,
0: that's so weird. What a what a strange little relic. Sorry.
1: <laughs> well, okay. So I've been playing it for a little while. Um, people, if you have listened to our episodes within the past month, will have heard me mention playing it before. I uh, so I guess my overall impressions are that this is. It has been a very long time since I've played it. Mm-hmm. Um it's a I think really beloved game. Yeah. And I am definitely feeling that, but it's all because of the stuff that happens around for me anyways around the dungeons
0: mm. rather than like finding the dungeons, the dungeons themselves. themselves. They're fine. Yeah.
1: Like uh they're totally fine, but they just feel really uh perfunctory.
0: Yeah, and I think like uh, they they certainly are as far as like what's unique and like compelling about the game. The world of Link's Awakening is cool, right?
1: Yeah, so the worlds of Link the world of Link's Awakening is cool. Uh you get some like th- and there are some like abilities in the game that, you know, are neat. You get the rock feather so you can jump for the so first you time. You can jump for the first time. But then like the actual application of that is like not very fun. Like there's these like two side-scrolling, like, platforming-esque levels with Mario enemies, you know, like Goombas. Right, and it's it's
0: sort of a callback to, like, the original Legend of Zelda, which had... I mean, those 2D sections were nothing. Right. Right. They were just you climbing down a ladder and then, like, climbing up another ladder.
1: Yeah, it's just, like... uh, A lot of that stuff is just not super fun in, like, the actual game. Um, But where... But like you were saying, like where this game really excels is in the world of uh, that you're in. I can't remember what it's called. Something. Covolent Island. island. Yeah. yeah. And so, and because everybody's weird in it, like things are so weird and interesting, and like the dialogue is funny. And it's well known that the developers of Link's Awakening were kind of inspired by Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks was really popular at the time, mm-hmm. and so, so
0: speci- specifically, uh, Koiz- Koizumi... Is that the the producer Koizumi? Not sh- not I think sure. I think it's Koizumi, um, who uh like put like the the super weird spin on everything and wrote all of the dialogue for everyone but the owl and the windfish itself. So like those two characters were allowed to be um you know more uh like gravitas and whatever, and then everyone else in the game is a weirdo um and like wants weird things and talks strangely and have like little dialects and stuff and if you look there are only 3 Zelda games before this right but none of them um uh, none of those games have odd characters in them and that's become like a staple of the Zelda franchise since then so like um you know, if if you don't like Tingle, I guess you can trace his origin sort of back to this game, which is where weirdos start to show up. Yeah. The, you Not can, that Tingle's actually in this game.
1: But, but, like, you can pretty much ignore all of it if you want to. Uh, the, all All of, like, the characters and stuff? Yeah, like, all, like, the, like, weirdness of it, like, the real unique stuff, you can kind of get away from if you like if you don't want to interact with it if you want to just run from dungeon to dungeon yeah you can you can do that pretty successfully
0: is that true though because you do have to do the the fetch quest right yeah you have to do the fetch quest but like the where you you bring one thing to one person they give you something else
1: sure and and it's like it's like more like a trade quest because it happens like throughout the entire game but like that's not the weird stuff in this game. That's the-
0: some of it. You're bringing dog food to uh, an alligator who gives you bananas. <laughs> that makes
1: sense. What are the you talking di- about? Like, I'm talking about the stuff. <laughs> you
0: give a bow to a chain chomp. Like,
1: <laughs> and that's great. Like, that's fun. But that's not yes. like yes. I uh, the game gets deeply weird if you wanted to, and in like fun ways. Like, um, if you uh, so you, there's a store in the village. Yes, and, I love this. And there's, like, at a point where you can, um, you, like, buy a shovel for 200 rupees, and then after you buy the shovel, the uh, bow appears, and the bow is, like, 600 rupees or something like that. Like, it's very expensive. But you are able to steal it. All you have to do is pick it up and, like, walk behind the, the shop guy. Yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. you stand, ad- uh, uh, like, above the shop guy, and then... At, at a diagonal, like quickly walk out of the shop before he notices, because he can notice you if you take too long, or and he'll if, like stop you.
0: If you walk in front of him too, he'll he'll notice
1: that. Uh so you're able to steal it, and there's like a little dialogue that's like, "Well, you got, you know, like good going. You yeah, took g- it. <laughs> anytime good you go for back, you. Yeah. you got away with it. So anytime you go back to the shop, he'll uh, zap you with lightning bolt, and your name on the save file and in game gets changed to thief. Yeah, and everyone just calls you Thief Forever, which is awesome. It's just stuff like that where it's like, yeah, we let you steal this bow. You know, like, that. That those are the only consequences. But, like... Right. You can do it. Yeah. Well, and it's not just
0: the bow. Like, you could do that for any item if you want to. You and could steal anything in this game When you from ha- this guy.
1: When you have, uh, like, Marin with you, yeah. and you're, like, walking around, if you hit one of the chickens... She's like, no, don't do it. But if you keep hitting the chickens, eventually she's just like, yes, hit the chicken. <laughs> it's just like stuff like that where you're like, this is so weird. Yeah, and you wouldn't like know it necessarily. Yeah, you would see that there, like the island is interesting, and there are like these interesting characters. But like the deep weirdness of this game only comes if you're just like messing around in the overworld.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. And something that I uh, hadn't really considered that um, while the game is weird on its face it is much weirder if you dig into it. I guess, oh, we, we didn't say this uh, since we started recording. We said it to each other before we started, but we are going full-on spoilers here. So oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so if, if you're worried about having Link's Awakening spoiled for you or uh, Link Between Worlds, um, you know, bail now. Um, but both of these games have uh, stories that like sort of venture off of the normal like Zelda model. Um, e- even if um a Link Between Worlds in particular, it kind of does like a little bit of a retread, at least superficially, of the story of Link to the Past. But like this game, uh, uh Link's Awakening, doesn't take place in Hyrule. There's no Zelda. There's no Triforce. Um and, you know, it has the the weirdest thing in the world, a giant egg on the top of a mountain uh that houses a fish.
1: Right, and you're collecting like each dungeon has a musical instrument at the end and you need all eight so you can play the song and Wake Up the Windfish. The ballad of the Windfish. Yeah. Um and you know, they get away with it in Link's Awakening, like the weirdness in Link's Awakening because it's all you know, it's all a dream. Right. And so that's so like that's, they're out yeah. for why it's so weird. And it's honestly it's a little disappointing when Ganon shows up at the end. I mean, I guess at that point they're only a few games in and so
0: Well, but it's I mean, Ganon shows up, but it's dream Ganon. Yeah. It is a dream of the windfish. So that's the thing that I that I really like about this game and where like it gets so deeply weird and like sad at the same time is that, you know, it, it's not that everything that happened in it is a dream or link's dream. It's that the whole island is the creation, the dream of this giant fish or it's like a whale. It looks like a whale. Uh the the windfish, right? Um and so like every it, it is weird because it's it is a dream. Link somehow found his way into another creature's dream. That's so weird. <laughs> I don't know. I I I think that I think that game's really neat and really cool.
1: It is I uh yeah, it is. I enjoyed it. Again, like the actual like Zelda E parts of it. Yeah. I the dungeons and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're like fine. Um th- but I do think this is a game that I, remember a while back there were those rumors of a remake? Yes. And initially I was like, oh, come on. But now that I've actually now that I've like played Link's Awakening DX again, and I can't imagine the original Link's Awakening is any different, I'm like, oh yeah, this game would be perfect for a remake as long as you were able to like keep the weirdness of the overworld and like the charm of the overworld intact then yeah because like the rest of the stuff like the dungeons or anything they're not so sacred that you're like oh can't touch this
0: yeah um do 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 can't touch this (laughs) um the uh remakes of um like all the other remakes that we've seen in the last like decade or so the uh 3ds ones and um wind waker and twilight princess have all been pretty smart about um trimming out the parts of those games that didn't work or like the you know addressing the actual pain points um so it would be cool to see them like tackle Link's awakening again and maybe just be like yeah we didn't have a solid handle on dungeon design in this one
1: yeah or we just now we have more face buttons so you'd don't have to also that sort of like the start menu every time you want to switch out an item real fast,
0: right? Because there are parts of that game where you have to uh, do like a long jump, and you're like, okay, I need the Pegasus boots and the rock feather, and now I don't have a sword, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or a that's weapon. All of any it, that's all. That's it. Um. So yeah, it, it seems like there there could be a lot of ways for them to you know smooth those edges. I, I would totally on- be on board for a Link's Awakening. Um, remake. How far did you uh, get in the game this time? Or uh, I ended up you? beating it. You ended up beating it, um, because it's not that long, right? Yeah, it's not a super long like, eight, uh, especially eight like dungeons. towards
1: the end. Again, when you're just like, all right, I'm just gonna like get to yeah, the dungeons d- as fast as it. possible. Then, uh, it's pretty quick experience
0: isn't there also like a a little raccoon uh, early in the game that you had to like throw dust in his face so he can't confuse you
1: yeah he it turns out that he's actually like uh somebody who lives in the village of course (laughs) yeah sleep dust features prominently
0: no well i mean if you are if you make a dream character fall asleep what happens to him
1: i think it's like the i I think um, you're murdering him
0: (laughs) i think is what's happening
1: yeah for sure. Um. So, then we can
0: skip maybe twenty years later, right? What? What? What was? What's the the time span between uh Link's Awakening and Link Between Worlds? I guess I'm
1: not even sure when Link's Awakening first came out.
0: Yeah, I me mean, neither. I want to say '94, but that even feels late it's to definitely
1: me. Definitely after Link to the Past.
0: That's true. Um. But so uh. And then um. 2013 is when Link Between Worlds came out. Uh. And I skipped it at the time. I don't know why. I was just like, I don't need it. I only heard and read good things about it, but I was like, I'll oh, I'll wait this one out. And then just to sort of, I don't know, like prod me into the direction of I should play this game. Uh, you were like, here, borrow my copy of this game. Yeah, this was five years this ago. This is a long time ago. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, cool. I will. Did not, did not, did not, did not until maybe two or three weeks ago. Uh, when I finally uh, put the game into my 3DS, uh, no no big surprises here. It's a great game, and I love it. Um, it uh, obviously takes the exact world of Link to the Past and kind of represents it. Um, but now, instead of everything being... You're, it still looks like it's a, a two-dimensional, um, over-the-top view, uh, but... The depth. All of the surfaces have depth, so that when Link gets transformed into a painting and later transforms himself into a painting, he can move along those walls and on those surfaces.
1: Yeah. So everything's rendered in like three D sprites or three D. Yeah. I mean, in in three D. Yeah. Yeah. In
0: three D. I mean, except for when you are on the wall, in which case Link becomes this little like mural uh, sprite moving around. Um, But so the the story of the game um, is. Uh, that you are made aware of a a second world that is connected to Hyrule, um, much like the Dark World from uh, the original Link to the Past, um, but this one they are calling Low Rule. So the opposite of High Rule is Low Rule, um, and in Low Rule uh, they once had a Triforce, but they now no longer have this Triforce. Uh, and so you are sort of recruited by Princess Hilda. Which sounds a lot like Zelda, <laughs> but is different uh to collect uh to uh free the seven sages uh and restore the triforce for them I, it was a little unclear to me what she wanted me to do, but turns out that's because she's a snake in the grass and is <laughs> is tricking you into working for her um so that she can steal your triforce to restore low rule to its place of of former glory um which is awesome, right? Um, it's it's a fun. The both of these games have story in a way that most Zelda games don't. Like they both have uh, bits of intrigue. They both have uh like twists near the end where like the entire stakes are turned on their head, and you're like, what I thought I was doing, what I thought was a good thing is now like a bad thing. Um, you know, like uh like Metal Gear Solid. These games are like Metal Gear Solid, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Um and the the characters in this I feel like are uh maybe not as unique as um they are in Link's Awakening but they are super strong in in their own right. Um, each of the seven sages you meet in like the 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 first like three dungeons uh, of the game, which all take place in Hyrule before you even know about Low Rule. Um, and so you meet them all then, and then when they pop up later in the game, you're like, oh, I know him, I know him, I know him. Kind of a callback to uh, Ocarina of Time in that way, um, but yeah, I I just I really liked this game. Um, the dungeons, unlike Link's Awakening, are all like impeccably designed. Um, they took this idea of moving along a wall as a two dimensional object um, and like how that fits into the various like puzzle solving mechanics that are in a normal two D Zelda game, and just like blew it up. Um, It's, like, the the dungeons are all perfectly designed, as, as far as I'm concerned. It's
1: also one of those things where, like, the 3D, if you played on a 2DS or with the 3D turned off, like, I guess you don't really lose anything. But there are moments where the 3D is, like, one, really cool looking. Yeah. And two, is like, helpful in gauging your distance or like oh yeah you know no, like for, you're like, sure. to like jump and things like that yeah
0: you're like am i high enough because like one of the things if you are on a high enough surface and you merge with the wall then you can you know walk along that wall to get to another high surface um but you you do have to see you have to like gauge the depth to see if you're like at the right level um so there were you know i i played this game maybe like half in 3d half not um but anytime i would, would like walk into a room and be like wait a minute how do i do this i'd flip the 3d on And it actually does help you, like, gauge how to do all of it.
1: Mechanically, this game is also kind of famous because it started breaking the Zelda mold Mm -hmm. up to this point where you get an item, you use this item in the dungeon, and then, like, that item maybe helps you unlock the next dungeon where you get a new item. Right. So on and so forth. Right.
0: It's item gating, basically. That, like, the way to get on to the next level is to uh, find the new item. And
1: you have to do it in, like, a very specific order. Yes. A Link Between Worlds throws all of that out. And right. it's just like, mm, you can get any of these items at any time. You just yeah. have to have enough rupees for it. To rent it or to buy it. Um And the the risk with
0: renting something is if you die, then you have to give it back to uh, Ravio, the mysterious uh, merchant who has appeared in your house. (laughs) It's just (laughs) set up shop. Um, So uh, I I like this mechanic. I only ended up dying once right at the end of the game after I had purchased everything. Um, And other than that, like I just didn't. I I had like a plan that was like, if I'm going to get close to dying, I'm just going to turn the game off. Uh, so I don't have to like get it, give anything
1: back. So my memory is that rupees were not like super hard to come by. Like I don't remember having to scrounge. Like I just bought everything. Not like at once. But yeah. I mean, like when I I, yeah, I never it's, ended it's not, up renting. It's not tough
0: to. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like I said, the only time that I died and would have like actually lost anything, uh, I had already, I had already purchased everything. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's maybe like a little bit of a false. Um, threat i mean it it is a real threat that if you die and don't have like a fairy to bring you back or whatever um that you have to re rent the stuff um but even that i i think is is okay um and yeah like you say there there are rupees everywhere and like opportunities to get more rupees through like playing games or like dodging chickens or um you know like doing little races or whatever like the game is full of little mini games to just make you richer um it's the the game has a four digit uh, like rupee counter um and you never have to like find the grown-up wallet or whatever like all the rest of the zelda games make you like earn the right to carry more money this one's just like nah (laughs) nah you need to you need to get as much money as you can there is a um a great fairy in this game that you need to give over the course of time um, 3,000 rupees to <laughs> to get one empty bottle from. <laughs> um, so, like, the game is dealing in huge quantities of, of rupees, um, which is, is fun. Like, I, I think there's something uh, exciting about them actually cracking that code and making rupees, like, valuable or, um, like, that you would need to actually collect them in, in some way. I feel like most Zelda games are just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I, I don't have to care or think about it, but here
1: they're like functional. The I remember when the game was first revealed and the the art style was just like reviled. Um I, I find that weird.
0: Um I think the art style's cute.
1: I I, I don't I, I don't know that I'd go so far as to say I think it's cute. Yeah. It's still probably one of my least favorite looking Zelda games. Uh-huh. Um but I definitely think the reaction to it was overblown. Like I think it works and you quickly get lost in it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think it recalls uh Link to the Past pretty faithfully just doing it in in 3D. Um But yeah, I don't know. I I I liked it I, at at the end of the game when like Link and Zelda are hanging out together. I was, you know, like it got me. I, I I thought it. I was like, oh, oh, I like this. I think, I think it's good. Um, what else did I want to say about this game? I like, I liked it so much. Um, and I feel like a fool for dragging my heels on it for so long.
1: Uh, one thing that I think is very, mm, I guess, maybe not calculated, Mm. but you know, you had, had, uh, Phantom Hourglass, which was. Well received, but quickly kind of had like a negative reputation, and then you had Spirit Tracks, mm-hmm. which I think people were fine with. Right. These um, are
0: these are the two sequels to the uh, Wind Waker, right? And, and both, like which the appeared on DS. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. And and like the most recent, uh, portable original Zelda games. Yeah. And then you had this game, which was very consciously like, look. Everybody loves a link to the past. We're just all like, you know, at the beginning of this game, we're just going to straight up do a link to the past, right? Well, and I mean, it, it is
0: interesting, right? Because the, the, those two games that you mentioned, um, uh, the, the those two games and Skyward Sword, uh, were both, or were, th- those were all three games that came out. Um, and then this one, which is both, um, Like, it it sort of jettisons uh, a lot of, like, the direction that Zelda is moving in. Especially if we put uh, Twilight Princess in that, of, like, a very sort of linear open experience. Um, And then this just becomes... I mean, by the time you get to low rule, it is literally, here are seven dungeons, any order you want, go nuts. Um, Whereas, like, that's not what Skyward Sword is, that's not what Phantom Hourglass is, that's not what... um, So, like, while it is embracing... Uh, some parts of the series past in like a very strict, very literal way. It's also breaking free from it in a a more like
1: conceptual way. Would you want to see another uh, 3DS or Switch Zelda game in this style? Or do you think now that um, Breath of the Wild has come out that even, you know, this mechanic of when you rent items and mm-hmm. pretty much being able to go to any dungeon you want to go to still feels like a little archaic at this point. Um, I don't think it feels
0: archaic. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't think it feels archaic. Cause like, you know, I-, I did just play it for the first time, you know, two weeks ago up till now. um, And it felt like fresh and exciting and fun. And, you know, I mean, I- either I'm just a sucker for Zelda games or like there is a undeniable, like just quality to Zelda games um, that like, you know, I sunk 20 hours into this game over the course of the last two weeks um, and loved it. Um, but I, I don't I don't necessarily know that I do, like, whatever, whatever they do with Zelda next, I want to see them, like, iterate on it in an interesting way. Um, and if that starts, even if they start by saying, like, okay, we're going to make another li- uh, Link Between Worlds, it's going to end up being something different, right? Um, I was reading up a little bit on the history of Link Between Worlds and um, it was a couple things. Um, one was uh, a small team of uh, a small team of guys working on Zelda games uh, started to work on a game whose main concept was communication, um, and they like couldn't properly pitch it to the higher ups, so they scrapped it. Um, and then uh, Miyamoto was like, "I want to remake um, Link to the Past." And that's what this game was going to be originally, was a remake of Link to the Past. And they are like, well, we're also kicking around this idea of, like, turning into a painting and uh, doing something with that. And he's like, no, 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 I want to remake, Link to the Past. And so then they sort of, like, merge these ideas together, and then they're like, what if it is sort of a sequel and a remake at the same time? Um, So, like, whatever they start, whatever idea they start with, or whatever they're charged with from the get-go, it's going to turn into something else, right? Um, and a, an idea, a game, a Zelda game that is about communication, I bet that turned into Triforce Heroes, um, the also on 3DS, using the same art style, but is like a, a three-player cooperative Zelda adventure. Um, so, like, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, uh, it almost feels foolish to be like, I want another of this, or I don't want another of this, when it's like, well, they're just going to, they're gonna have ideas and then something else is gonna come out of it. Like they can't even say what they want, right? <laughs> um But yeah, I mean what what do you think? Do you think that you would wanna see them like take another stab at it or
1: uh I mean I think we've talked about before, not like specifically this, like if we never see another game in that link to the past esque high rule universe, yeah. whatever it is at this point. High rule, low rule, uh huh. Then yeah, I, I'm totally cool with that. I am hopeful that, you know, one day we will get a, I guess, portable Zelda, you know, one of these, like, maybe smaller projects. Yeah,
0: I, I see what you're saying. Uh, in, instead of, like, n- now that, like, the Switch is the the sort of the main deal, um, that are all Zelda games from here on out going to be the, like, fully 3D whatever? Right, or and I hope not. You
1: know, I, I hope we still have an opportunity for more Hyrule heroes and just, like, or Hyrule... Triforce Triforce heroes, heroes and, like... You know, just like games like that, where they are able to be like, well, what What if we made a Zelda game about communication? Right. Which, I mean, it is both about communication and fashion.
0: We got to play this game sometime, Mark. It we is, really do. We've talked about it. It's not great, <laughs> but we got to find us some used copies and then a third person to play with us and really dig into that and maybe Metroid Prime Federation Force. I don't know. We should do it. We should do it. It'd be a fun time. Um. All right. Uh, well, so th- those are our experiences with the sequels to A Link to the Past. Um, would love to know uh, what everyone else thinks of these games. Um, or and would you like to see uh, a- another game? Well, uh, in uh, along these lines, right? That was the question.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually have one more question for you yes. that I just thought of. Yes. So we're talking about Zelda NPCs next week. Oh yes. Anybody in a link between worlds? You don't necessarily have to put their name up now, but anybody in Link Between Worlds you're gonna be um putting up there. So I do
0: think that a Link Between Worlds offers two strong contenders for best Zelda NPC. Um and I'll I will name names. And remember, spo- full spoilers are in effect here. Uh so uh Princess Hilda of Low Rule and Link's counterpart in Low Rule. So like Low Rule has its own Link Ganon and Zelda. Um, they are called different things, and they play different roles. Um, but Ravio, the um, merchant that you meet uh, at the very beginning of the game, is low-rules Link. Um, and unlike Link, who is a very courageous character, uh, Ravio is a cowardly character. Um, and like wears this purple bunny rabbit hood. Um, but even in his cowardly way, is able to sort of manipulate events to um bring peace to both high rule and low rule and like you know is able to trick um princess hilda into not like killing you at the end of the game when she's got you cornered and then you go home and wish for low rule to have its own triforce again on the real triforce and everything is solved so ravio is a rad character as far as i'm concerned he gets to be like a, a goofy dude um who ends up Basically saving two kingdoms uh, through his light treachery, <laughs> um, and you know he's a, he's got all the items and stuff. I think I think he's a I think he's a strong contender. What was there? Were there any either from um, Link's Awakening or from uh, Link Between Worlds that you would think?
1: You know, as much as I like the characters in Link's Awakening, I don't know that there's anybody that I would necessarily put up as the best ever.
0: Yeah, I do have an answer from
1: Link's Awakening, but I'm going to
0: hold it. For Fair. next week. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, so we'd love to know everyone else's experience with these games. If you would like to write into to us, you can do that at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. All right, Mark, let's close this out. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you like the episode, please review and rate and share it. do all of that stuff Um, if you can share the episode on um, Twitter or Facebook or wherever you do social media stuff that helps us tremendously on Twitter I am Patrick at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell the show is at Nincart Society Um, if you want to be our friends on uh, Switch our friend codes are in the episode description here um, if you like Mark Mind's opinions, we write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to ApitBetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thanks for listening.